This is Ringler Radio, where you get all the latest news and information about structured settlements from Ringler Associates, the first name in structured settlements, helping injured people and their families since 1975. Ringler Radio is made possible in part by Allstate, American General, The Hartford, John Hancock, Liberty Mutual, MetLife, Mutual of Omaha, New York Life, Pacific Life, and Prudential. Now join Ringler Radio host Larry Cohen. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Ringler Radio. I'm Larry Cohen, head of Ringler Associates Northeast Operations, and we're certainly glad you could join us again today. Well, after an individual suffers a severe injury and a settlement is reached, they're left with the option of either taking a lump sum of cash or a structured settlement. Well, today on Ringler Radio, we're going to be getting a lawyer's perspective on the benefits of a structured settlement and how a structure can financially support clients and their families for years to come. And to help me with all that, joining me is my co-host and my Ringler colleague from New Orleans, Louisiana, Keith Christie. Keith has uh, over 30 years of insurance and structured settlement experience, has extensive training in all areas of the structured settlement process with the procedures and the policies, including the use of uh, an application of multiple life market software. That sounds pretty impressive, Keith. Uh, You're really getting cutting edge, aren't you? A little bit. It's been a long time, but um, those years are are still going. (laughs) There you go. Well, Keith, welcome to Ringler Radio. Glad you could join me as my co-host. And we're here to welcome uh, a special guest today, Attorney Trey Hike from the firm Hike, Miniville, and Grubbs out of New Iberia, Louisiana. Trey's currently engaged in a general trial practice with a caseload that consists primarily of personal injury, maritime, and insurance defense. And recently, Trey was featured in an online video talking about the power of a structured settlement and how it has personally impacted one of his clients. And uh, Trey, that's basically the reason we have you on here today, and I want to welcome you to Ringler Radio. Very good. Thank you for having me, uh, Larry and Keith. I appreciate the time. Well, Trey, let me uh, start out here by talking about uh, a case that you decided uh, and dis- discussed rather in the online video. How right. exactly did you get involved in that and, and, and why did you want to spread the message through that video? Larry, I had a particular case some years ago that was a, a severe head injury case. I had a client uh, in an industrial accident who fell approximately three stories from some scaffolding uh, and hit a concrete slab. So among other things, he had a severe closed head injury and the case also had, in addition to, to big damages, it also had uh, some serious factors dealing with comparative fault. It appeared on the surface that my client had some serious fault in his own accident, particularly when he fell, he had a fall restraint system on that wasn't clipped in. Mm-hmm. So when it came to the settlement time and settlement discussions in that particular case, we had to balance uh, the fault of my client versus his ongoing uh, medical needs, which really were going to last uh, through the, out the course of his life. At the time of his accident, he was maybe mid-30s. So I had to balance those things in trying to settle this case, um, but at the same time take care of this man. And a structured settlement allowed me to do that. Essentially, the structure in my case worked well for my client in that uh, it allowed for an upfront lump sum payment to him and then extended payments over a period of in excess of 20 years, to pay for his ongoing uh, future medical needs. 
from the defendant's standpoint, the insurance and the defendant's standpoint on the other side of the case, the structured settlement, in my opinion, worked well for them because it allowed them to pay a lesser amount on the case but yet still get the case concluded. So in, in that scenario, uh, I found that a structured settlement benefited both sides uh, of that litigation. Well, you know, it, it's an interesting uh, way you approached it. And, and once you did, and, and we'll come to the end of this session here by talking about this, why is it that you decided to spread the message about what you did uh, online to other people so they could, they could learn uh, from you? What was, what was it there? Larry, to be quite honest with you, I was proud of the, uh, of the result in the case. Mm-hmm. I was proud not of the, the amount of the monetary damages that were recovered, although that was, was good. I was proud of the result to the extent that I took care of my client in spite of the fact that the case had real problems. Uh, so it, I struck a balance in that particular case, was proud of it, and I know that uh, in future cases I can do the same thing uh, if given the opportunity. Well, Trey, let me ask you something. What is your thoughts on um, on lump sum payments when it comes to cases that you, you you find yourself in a mediation or sitting down talking to an adjuster or another attorney? I mean, do you do you think about structured settlements on a, on an ongoing basis, or is it just you know the fact that you you look at your client? How how do you determine whether or not this is a situation where you need a structured settlement or one would be good for your client? It's definitely on a case-by-case basis. The one that I just described, of course, in my mind at least, really mandated a structured settlement because I knew he had severe injuries and medical needs going well into the future, and I had to address that. And so a structure, that case screamed for a structured settlement. Other cases that maybe the injuries aren't as severe, the benefit to the personal injury client, the injured individual, is that although they may not get as much on the front end, if you can convince the client financially, it's better for them to take those payments over a number of years as opposed to a lump sum. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, most clients I've dealt with in the past and represented uh, injured clients, they want the immediate gratification of a lump sum up front. That's not all, always in their best interest, but um, right. well, clients don't always act in their in their own personal best interest. They'll act against the, the advice of the attorney. Well, no, so, no, qu- that's unfortunate. no question. Uh, we see that quite often, and uh, especially when people are severely injured, uh, Trey, as you mentioned. You know, the families are there left to manage the care for this individual uh, for a, quite a long time. And what's your message to those families uh, when it comes to managing that money over time? And, and how, how does a structured settlement fit into that discussion? Well, in my particular case, uh, my client was so injured that we had him, uh, it's a legal process in the state of Louisiana called interdiction. Mm-hmm. So he was interdicted uh, through the court, through a, a judge's ruling, and he had family members uh, appointed by the court to care for all of his affairs. And so that occurred, and at the time of settlement, uh, the other thing that factors in is you have to be careful knowing that this individual needs future medical care, that uh, you don't put too much money directly into the client's hands and potentially jeopardize uh, future uh, government or financial assistance. So in my case, what's obvious is that we had to set up a special needs trust. So we established a special needs trust. The money uh, went into that trust, was managed by a trustee, which were family uh, members, for the benefit of uh, my client. Uh, the injured party in that mm-hmm, case. Mm-hmm. And so that was something that had to be done in addition to the structure to make all of this work for the best interest of the client. 
it sounded like this case that you were talking about, Trey, is is that the client fell and was was there a workers' compensation component to this? And do there when you was. have he he fell on the job, uh, so there was a workers' compensation component. His medical bills were paid through the workers' compensation uh, carrier. In addition, he got indemnity benefits. But then we had a third party uh, tort suit or suit against an outside uh, third entity that we ultimately um, recovered from. And then when you find cases that come about where there's there's not only the component of the workers' comp, or I should say, you know, a liability claim coupled with a workers' comp, do you, do you run into those situations where there's Medicare set-asides and do you use structured settlements to, you know, uh, for ongoing payments for your client's future medical instead of just handing it over to your client and letting them deal with it. And that's a that's another component uh Keith, and that's that's something that's occurred here in recent years, as you know, I'm sure you've dealt with it many times. Um the case I've been discussing today actually predated uh, all of these new changes with medical mm-hmm. uh, set asides. But it's another reason, a new reason, kind of an up and coming reason, but another reason to uh in my opinion, use a structured settlement and um take care of the uh client but also ensure that uh, the government's interests are protected as they should be with a, um, a set-aside. Right. Well, there's no, no question about the uh, complexities of all these cases these days, with, as Keith mentioned, with comp liens. And, 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 and you talked about special needs trusts to preserve uh, you know, me, you know, governmental benefits and then Medicare set-asides to protect everyone in the process of uh, moving forward with these medical uh, bills that come in. But when you, when you look at your cases, and and you sit down and try to evaluate whether a structured settlement makes the most sense, I assume that oftentimes you get people pushing back uh, with various points of view, right? Saying, well, I, I can do better on the odds. I can do better with another idea. What, what, what typically are you hearing out there? That, that's true. You know, normally uh, injured individuals, um, they've gone through litigation, which typically lasts several years. At the end, come settlement time, they want their money, to be quite honest. Mm-hmm. And I can understand that. But in my experience, and with the assistance of, for example, somebody from Ringler and Associates there at the settlement conference or at the mediation, is you show that person, the injured party, uh, the numbers. You show them the math. Mm-hmm. You show them a, t- a table or a printout which shows how, uh, how the structured settlement benefits them financially. And when they see that in black and white, at least in my experience, um, they can realize that it's a real benefit uh, to them to take the settlement in the form of a structure as opposed to a lump sum. Well, as Keith and I both know, uh, you know, it, we, we do present numbers, and numbers oftentimes look attractive, and, and they are attractive, but sometimes people need to be, uh, be spoken to beyond the numbers. And uh, Keith, why don't you t- talk about the kinds of things you, you would talk about with, it, with a claimant contemplating uh, whether to take a structure or maybe do something different. Well, I, one of my questions, and I, and I will elaborate on that, but I wanted to ask you, Trey, do you, and from what you're telling me, it sounds like it's important that your structured settlement person should be at the mediation. Is that, that correct? That's settlement extremely comes? important. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but extremely important. Actually, um, I think it's imperative if a structure is to occur that the person is there. Uh, if it's Ringler and Associates and a, somebody's there from Ringler and Associates to explain the uh, process to uh, the injured party's attorney, the defense attorneys, and most importantly, the injured person themselves. Well, 
agree with that. You know, I just wanted to to, to clarify, you know, because most of the time I do get resistance on sometimes, but it's good to see that, you know, that on that on your side of the fence that you sit down and say that you need for your client to be with that structured settlement person to to you know, talk about and to elicit the aspects of what is important because I think the most important thing that I run into or the most difficult thing I run into is the fact of trying to find out exactly how to fit the needs of a structure with that particular individual that as far as the injured individual and, and making sure that everything is, is done. And I know that sometimes it's complicated by the fact that you're only there for a day and you're doing all this for a day. So, uh, I think it's important not only to start the process early, you know, maybe meet with your client, you know, a couple of weeks before, understanding what the process is going to be and how decisions may need to be made immediately. So that's that's some of the difficulties I have. And I think the most important thing I have to, to impress upon my clients, you know, the trial lawyers, that, you know, it's nice to be able to meet with the client prior to a mediation or a settlement conference to, to see exactly the needs and to see what we can do to make sure that the client or the claimant is, is fully protected and then the monies that are going to be received can be allocated accordingly. So that, that's Definitely. the most difficult thing I can say. And from my perspective, I'll just add one more thing. It's important to me as the attorney representing the injured party that my client gets to speak in privately with the structured settlement person because oftentimes clients are leery of attorneys and I think it's important for my client to hear directly from the structured settlement person as to how it works, the fact that there is no additional benefit to myself or the defense attorney, um, and to satisfy that client's um, concerns. So I, I feel like it's important that my client meet directly with the structured settlement person so they can get a complete understanding and understand that it's really something done in their best interest without any additional benefit to the attorneys. Well, and I th- I'd say the other element that, that is so important in that uh, exercise, Trey, is the so that the structured settlement broker and the claimant can develop some kind of a rapport and understanding, a, pers- a personal uh, relationship there, because if you don't, you know, you have to trust the person you're dealing with. You're talking about a lot of money. You're talking about advice. You have to feel comfortable with the fact that the person giving you the advice is somebody that you feel good about. Absolutely. So let's take a quick break right now. and we come back, we'll get a little bit more involved with uh, Trey and talking about why structures are such a good idea. And we'll talk about more about the specific case that he had. We'll be right back. This is Ringler Radio from Ringler Associates, the leader in the structured settlements profession nationwide. Did you know that Ringler is involved in a third of all structured settlement cases in the country? Ringler Associates works with all the parties in a lawsuit settlement to find the best possible financial solution for the people involved. When it's your interest at stake in a lawsuit settlement, you want only the best financial plan. You can count on Ringler Associates to structure a customized plan that meets the needs of you and your family for the future. Visit RinglerAssociates.com to learn more. You can listen to all the Ringler Radio shows. Just go to RinglerAssociates.com or LegalTalkNetwork.com and click on Ringler Radio and choose from almost 200 topics. Someone's at the door. Don't answer it. Why not? I'm listening to Legal Talk Network podcasts to get my CLE credit in West Legal Ed Center. Oh, I need to do that too. 
Where do I find them? It's easy. Just go to LegalTalkNetwork.com and pick a program for CLE, click on it, and start listening. Or go to WestLegalEdCenter.com and choose from any of the Legal Talk Network programs available for CLE. Perfect. I'll do that right now. You never have enough friends or followers, right? Check out Legal Talk Network on Facebook and Twitter, LinkedIn too. Welcome back to Ringler Radio. Glad you could join us. I'm Larry Cohen, and joined by my co-host Keith Christie and our special guest, attorney Trey Hike from the firm Hike, Miniville, and Grubbs out of New Iberia, Louisiana. You know, uh, Trey, in, in your experience, let's talk a little bit more about structured settlements and how they can help carve out a path for your clients from a financial standpoint. You know, what we find a lot, and I'm sure you're familiar with this, that your clients end up talking to a lot of people. Uh, whether they whether you want them to or not, the brother-in-law who's a financial guy or the guy that owns a, uh, the insurance agency down the street, uh, they, a lot of people get in their ear when this money shows up. And uh, one of the things that I find is the people that are advocating don't do a structure. Uh, we can do better and different other things. Uh, sometimes don't have that client's interest uh, best interest at heart. Do you do you, do you seem to find that? Yeah, I do. Um, I think that, and it goes back to explaining to the client, if they come up with some alternative ideas, is explain to the client what a structure is. In other words, a structure is uh, the use of the settlement funds to buy uh, essentially an insurance policy that pays out over a period of time, and that the payout is substantially greater than the um, the initial lump sum. Yeah, of course, I've had, uh, we've all had clients where uh, the brother-in-law has a, a business and says, hey, you know, why don't you invest in my business, my uh, pizza shop, or my, uh, I'm going to develop some condominiums. Uh, and, and sometimes people get talked into doing things with their money that ultimately uh, don't really help them in the long term. I think one of the things that we have found is that when people talk about we can get a better rate of return with this other investment, uh, what I always like to do, and I know Keith does too, is the fact of the matter is no matter what the rate of return is that's better, it's only better if you keep the money in the account. But if you start spending that money, then it doesn't matter what the rate of return is. The money's not there to gain any interest on. So uh, we find that most people tend to spend their money a lot more quickly than they ever thought they would when it's sitting in the bank account, sitting there for them to you know to make use of. Definitely. Well. You know, Trey, I mean, when you have a situation like that and you have people, I mean, I think the most important thing is that when your client gets money right away or, you know, do you find that they, they tend to have relatives come in there and, and, and try to talk them into a situation? And, and, and is, do you feel like as your obligation, you leave them go or do you, do you try to elicit some sort of support to say, you know, maybe this is a better solution? You know, ultimately, my obligation is my client's best interest. And a lot of times, my obligation runs counter to what may be uh, the client's friend's best interest or the client's aunt's best interest. Mm -hmm. um, and I ran into exactly that in the head injury case that we talked about earlier. So it's, it's always the lawyer's job to maybe push back against uh, other forces that are working against the client's best interest. In my particular head trauma case, um, I happen to have a judge involved who was well aware of the case, aware of my client's injuries, who mandated that the funds be administered in the best interest of my client. So in my case, I had that to kind of fall back on. You don't always have that, but at any rate, 
Well, in this state and in Louisiana, if I'm not mistaken, there is, I mean, there's no probate and there is no issue unless the, the, the individual has been deemed incompetent. But even on a minor's case, I find that sometimes I run into difficulties with attorneys who just think that their parents can do that. Do you use, um, do you try to interdict yourself into the point of saying, I need to, you know, as far as the minor is concerned, if that's who you're representing as, as well as the parent, do you try to bring in the aspect of a structured settlement to make sure that the minor's money is going to be there when they're 18 or when they're of majority or when the need is there for them, be it through a special needs trust or, you know, some incompetency issue? I would advocate for that. I can tell you I haven't had a minor. I've personally never handled a case for a minor where a structured settlement would have come into play. But typically in a minor settlement, if it's a substantial enough injury and a substantial enough sum of money, you're going to have um, to have court approval of the minor settlement. And normally, and I always watch for, the court will also mandate that the funds are used for the best interest of the minor, that they're deposited into a, a safe, some type of an account to be administered for the minor, and that the funds can only be invested or taken out of that account with court approval. So. Mm-hmm. Normally, uh, most judges that I've come across in dealing with minor uh, claims dealing with minor children are also watching out for the best interest of that child, which oftentimes will run counter to what the parents' uh, thoughts are regarding the claim. Right. And, of course, uh, with minors, and, and what we find in our business is that minors are typically one of the easier classes of people to really get into a structured settlement because – one of the things it does, a structured settlement, is it takes away from the judge having to monitor and manage some of those funds along the way because those monies typically aren't coming out till the child has reached majority age. So uh, there's a lot of protection there uh, from from the mother and father coming in and claiming necessities and necessaries and then taking the money and doing something silly with it. So Definitely. it helps. Well, the other thing, too, is one, one other thing with regard to the structures, and I think it's important to bring upon, you know, bring out in front of – you know, people who start talking about the financial aspect and they have, you know, um, you know, the aspect of saying that they can do better with this interest rate. It's the fact that structures are a tax-free element. And, um, and that is a huge advantage in today's market, um, where a lot of times at the end of the year, you don't have to get a 1099 for the interest that's been in there, but you just rock and roll and everything is good to go. And you know that you have a guaranteed income that's coming in or, if it's a guaranteed lump sum at a certain age, that's nice to have being tax-free instead of having to pay that interest. Yeah, and you know, Trey, I, I had a case recently where uh, this, this particular woman, uh, she understood the tax-free aspect of this money and, and all of that, but she, she stopped and asked me one question that really was the key for her, and it was, how much are you guys going to charge as we go through the years? How many bills am I going to get from you? What are the expenses going to be going forward? And right. I, to- I would think that's a common question. Yeah. And when I told her there are no bills going forward, you'll never get a bill from anybody on this going forward. This is your money free and clear. You're never going to have an expense to tag on and to have to pay. She said, wow, that's that's great. She says, because the deal that I'm being talked into has a 1% management fee of a bank account, and there's all kinds of fees and expenses going forward. As we all know, they can eat away at, uh, at a lot of that principle. So sometimes this lack of any f- ongoing fees and expenses with a structure, uh, when that can be brought up, is oftentimes uh, compelling. Right. And that kind of goes back to what I said earlier in that, for me personally, I think it's important that my client meet directly with the structured settlement uh, representative. Go. 
There you go. Well, you know, um, Trey, let me ask you, in kind of bringing this to a conclusion, uh, you know, what's your advice to other attorneys who are contemplating this settlement option? I mean, are you out there advocating? I, I, I would. I would think uh, I would advocate to other attorneys that, uh, at least in my experience, in difficult cases and uh, normal ebb and practice in, in excess of 12 years, I have yet to see a perfect case. But in a case where you've got problems or issues, a structure may offer an opportunity to um, settle the case and get a good result for your client, um, but at the same time allows for it to uh, to resolve short of a trial. Mm-hmm. Um, so at any rate, I think it's a situation or structured settlement can benefit both the injured party and the uh, defense attorney, the insurance company on the other side. You know, one thing that I always advocate for, for plaintiff lawyers is when you get to that point where your client says, I don't want to do a structured settlement, despite all of your advice, despite all of your encouragement, uh, I always uh, advocate that the plaintiff lawyer has that individual sign a, a, a piece of paper that says, I've, I've looked at the structure, I understand the structure, I realize what the structure can provide, but I'm, ta- I'm saying no despite all that. So that kind of a protection for everybody because there's been times when people have taken the, the lump sum of cash, gone out and, and, and spent it too quick and come back and said, why didn't you explain this to me better? I didn't know this structured settlement would protect this money. And so it's kind of a protective device for uh, a plaintiff lawyer to really sure. make sure that happens. That's a good bit of advice. That's good good advice. And, you know, we'd be remiss, Trey, before we end the show, uh, if we didn't ask you how your client from that uh, head injury that, that prompted that that video, how is he doing? He's doing well. He uh He's still got the head injury. If he's never recovered, mm-hmm. um, I get phone calls from him from time to time, and he often wants to know why he can't manage his own money. And <laughs> I have to have the same discussion with him that I've had probably for the past eight years. It happens at least on an annual basis. It's always the same discussion. Mm-hmm. But um, he's being well cared for to this day, and it's still through uh, the family members that were appointed as the trustees in the trust to manage his money. So, Well, thank goodness you had the uh – the foresight to really push for that, and I think uh, ultimately, in the long run, he's going to be a lot better off for it. Sure. It was essential at the time. Great. Well, we want to thank you, Trey, for uh, not only getting the message out about structured settlements through that uh, online video, but uh, just for your encouraging uh, the use of structured settlements and you're seeing the value in structured settlements. Sure. So, thank you for the time. I appreciate speaking with both, uh, both of you guys. Terrific. So if someone wanted to reach you, Trey, and, and talk to you or get to know you a little more, how, how would they do that? They can reach me at 337-365-5486. I'm in New Iberia, Louisiana, and my uh, email address is Trey, T-R-E-Y, Hike, H-A-I-K, at H-M-G-Law-L-A-W.com. Terrific. And Keith, how about yourself? Someone wants to get a hold of you. If they want to reach me, the best place is um, on my cell phone at area code 504. 504- Six one six six two six three, or they can also reach my associate at eight six six two two nine one one five four. And I want to tell everybody that any Ringler associate can be reached through the website ringlerassociates.com. It's been recently revised and it's updated, and it's a terrific website. I encourage you to go there for lots of information about structured settlements, and you can reach any Ringler associate from that from that device. Uh, also, you can listen to any Ringler radio show by going to ringlerassociates.com or legaltalknetwork.com, where you can listen to any Ringler radio show that we've ever produced, including, of course, this one with Trey and uh, 
hear all about uh, why structured settlements are a good idea when you're uh, contemplating settling your cases. So with that, I'll say, Trey, thank you very much again. Thank you. And Keith, thanks for being a great co-host. Thank you so much. And uh, for the rest of you out there, go have a great day. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thanks for listening to Ringler Radio, celebrating its seventh year on Legal Talk Network with over a million listeners. Ringler Associates, the first name in structured settlements. Visit ringlerassociates.com today. Today.